Okay, so hello, friends. It's Carrie Freitas with episode 24, if I'm counting correctly, of the Interesting People I Know podcast. Today is the day where um, you may decide to not listen anymore, or you may decide that you want to continue. And I'm honoring whatever your decision is based on this podcast and the content. So welcome, enjoy, or tune out, or tune in, whatever your heart tells you to do. So we're in February. Um, This past week is my least favorite week of the year because it's got my mom's death anniversary in it, and I know it's been 46 years, but this just shows you, you know, and I like I discussed last week with Jenny, uh, Smith, Jennifer Smith, and Carly Juarez of Smith Psychotherapy Group. Um, grieving knows no timelines, and stuff triggers the grieving. So a lot of times an anniversary of a death will, of course, make you think of that person. I'm not trying to wallow in it, but um, it's emotional. And I wrote something on Facebook about it this week. If you haven't read it, become my friend on Facebook, because I think um, there's something for everybody in what I'm writing, or at least I'm trying to, to get there and posting a lot on Facebook to keep myself writing. Um, But, you know, of course, this um, helicopter crash, I think, has affected everybody in some way, whether you were just a huge fan of Kobe, whether you're a member of the community here locally, where a lot of um, people passed away in the crash and a lot of people are impacted. But it's definitely been triggering, and I think um, we all need a little extra TLC. I know that it kind of exacerbated for me my mom's death anniversary and I'm exhausted, to be honest. And I think maybe that's why my guard's down a little bit to share with you how I really feel in my heart about some issues that I think are probably, I don't know, not popular or polarizing. I posted again on Facebook just to give my Facebook another (laughs) plug. I'm just kidding. Um, About politics this week. I've posted a few times. And I know we're not supposed to talk politics. And I know it's divisive. And I know it can be polarizing, like I said, and, and people can get upset. Um, I tried to be super diplomatic in what I posted earlier this week and just engender a conversation um, in a non-judgmental way. And it felt good, I think, to um, – and I want to be, you know, heartfelt and open and kind about it. But I also felt like I wasn't being totally honest with everybody um, by kind of staying neutral and um, and advocating. You know, I think one of the things I had a problem with was – how Nancy Pelosi um, reacted to the State of the Union. And again, I understand, you know, that she is got to be super frustrated. Again, from her perspective, whether you agree with her or not, um, you know, imagine, you know, you kind of having one set of, you know, feelings and beliefs and values on something, and then you're kind of in service, if you will, to someone with opposing beliefs and values, Um that is tends to be a little bit more aggressive in his or her communication and, um, you know, like a pulls no punches type of a situation. So I was kind of expecting superhuman behavior from her um, to not react to that State of the Union. And, um, and I do expect some of that from our, you know, public leaders. Like, I just want them to be above the fray. And, and maybe that's not fair. Um, so I posted about that and just saying, hey, like, I didn't love, I mean, obviously, I'm not a, a fan of, of President Trump. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but I, I certainly thought, you know, can we all behave in a more mature way that kind of brings us into some kind of alignment or some kind of consensus or just at least consideration for each other and civil discourse. And I got, you know, some really great feedback from people that said, you know, thanks for this. I agree. Uh, I'm so um, disillusioned with the political process and 
and the people right now, it just feels bad. And I just, you know, I don't really like any of it. And then I had some people um, that, you know, were, um, I think, more uh, in President Trump's camp, you know, agreeing and, and talking about, you know, Pelosi and her behavior. And then I had people that are um, really passionate um, Democrats or, or just not, you know, huge fans of President Trump and talking about how, you know, it's time to pull no punches and, you know, we can't just sit back and let the bully kind of bully and not react in ways that are more powerful than just kind of sitting there taking it and, and taking the high road all the time. So it was very thought provoking. And I learned a lot, I think, from just seeing the discourse. And I really appreciate everybody that weighed in because it takes just, I think, some bravery um, and obviously time and thought to to be commenting on these types of posts. So I really did appreciate that. And um, I think... I felt after I got that feedback, um, and then this week has kind of transpired, and I'm feeling a little bit run down, and and my, um, like I said, my guard's probably a little more down than it maybe it should be. Um, but I thought, you know what, I, I want to speak a little bit into this. So um, I feel, and especially after um, you know President Trump was just acquitted, um, and it will not be impeached, um, or you know will not be removed from office. I should say. I should clarify that. Um, and then he, you know, obviously spoke at the prayer breakfast yesterday and then had another presentation, you know, address after that from the White House. So um, one thing I, you know, I really have a problem with and I posted about it <laughs> again, Facebook. Um, I love following Roy Firestone. Um, you probably know him as a, a very famous sports commentator and interviewer. He was famous for making um, athletes cry because he would get right, right down into the subject. And again, um, you know, you may or you know may or may not be a sports fan, but I argue that you know Roy Firestone is someone great to follow on social media. He's a really intelligent man, super cogent um, thoughts, and just really deep thoughts. And he shares them, and he's just a terrific writer. So um, I encourage you to check out Roy Firestone, um, Facebook mostly. I think I don't think I follow him on Instagram. So anyway, um, he had a couple of really just salient topical post that I shared last night on Facebook. And that really made me think, I should probably just tell you how I really feel instead of, I mean, again, I want to be kind and respectful to everybody, but I should share what I actually feel instead of dancing around it. Because um, I don't want to, you know, play small here. And I want you to know how I feel about things. And I think a lot of you already know, but for those that don't, or um, allow me to indulge myself. So reading, you know, again, these posts of Roy Firestones and talking about the prayer breakfast, because I watched the coverage of both the prayer breakfast and the address after and Roy put into words what I was feeling. And number one, was at the prayer breakfast. And um, President Trump, as he does, um, uses, I think, every chance he has to speak instead of necessarily just being presidential and um, like acting like a statesman, um, in my opinion, and just talking about, you know, the country and trying to sow um, some seeds of um, cooperation and and kindness and um, solidarity, he tends to use his chances to speak, um, to speak into his campaign, uh, you know, for this next um, cycle for 2020. And so kind of to stump a little bit. And then also he usually um, takes the chances to take pot shots um and digs at people who he's just not pleased with and again i understand from a human nature perspective there are a lot of times when we all are just like you know i'm so angry at this person or i feel betrayed by this person or this person you know doesn't agree with me and that hurts or makes me angry or makes me feel insecure like get the emotion piece but i think as a statesman 
Um, you know, you probably don't take that job. You probably don't become a celebrity. You probably don't have acquire any kind of fame without being willing to develop a thick skin um, and, you know, not um, react and um, fire back at every single comment you hear. I mean, I think that is exhausting for the celebrity or states person. Um, and also, I just think it shows a lack of maturity and security and confidence. So and I think that's pretty much borne out from a psychological perspective. You could argue with me about that. But that's kind of, I think, if I'm getting into the psychology, um, there's a lot of, of course, insecurity there, um, narcissism, because narcissists cannot stand to be, um, you know, criticized in any way. And they have to immediately, you know, fight back. And and I think, um, you know, hopefully if, if you're open-minded, you can see the narcissistic tendencies in President Trump. And if you can't, you've probably had the blessing of never living with a narcissist. And I've um, had plenty of experience. So, um, you know, he used the prayer breakfast to basically denigrate um, any number of people. I mean, Mitt Romney was was certainly on the chopping block, um, as was Nancy Pelosi, as were others. But I think, you know, number one, at a prayer breakfast, I think, you know, gosh, you, you would want to rise above the petty feelings that you're, I don't want to say petty, you might want to rise above the feelings that you have um, for people and not do an attack at a prayer breakfast. To me, just by virtue of the fact that it's a prayer breakfast, um, I would think that there would be more inspiration, uh, godlike, not godlike, but God-fearing behavior, um, Christian behavior. Um, that's not to say that Christians can't fight for what they believe in and and you know be strong, but I just feel like you know where's the respect for God and and this moment at a prayer breakfast when you're attacking people and also propagandizing and you know basically doing it um, you know like a, a election type speech um, and also just to basically play people's religion against them for doing, you know, what you thought that you didn't agree with. So, you know, he was attacking Mitt Romney for for misusing and misrepresenting and co-opting his religious beliefs to do the wrong thing. And I felt like, gosh, I mean, I cannot imagine. And again, I grew up in in the church, in the Episcopal Church, um, and I believe in God. Um, and I feel like, you know, I'm not perfect. None of us are. And certainly, um, you know, if you're going to judge me by church attendance, then you'll, you'll say that I'm a, a failed you know, whatever you want to call me, Episcopalian. But I do have a, a personal relationship with God and the universe, and um, I feel really good about it. And um, I behave, I think, in what I believe to be a Christian manner with people. Um, again, I'm not perfect, but I am super kind. I give a lot um, to people, to causes, give back. I act with kindness. I act with maturity. Again, like, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I've always done that to a T, but I'm, I think about 90% of the time or more, I'm conducting myself in a way that if Jesus were walking down the path to me, I mean, again, he accepted everybody. So maybe this is not a good example, but I think I behave in a really, um, what I believe to be a Christian manner. So um, I just think it's really wrong to play someone's religion against them just because you don't like what they did and disagree with their decision. I thought that was pretty much um, blasphemy, if you ask my opinion. And um, certainly unkind and, and not humane. And I, I, you know, I, I'm going to try to stay open-minded, but I, I, I can't imagine an argument to the contrary um, that would be convincing to me because, you know, we're raised with the golden rule. Even take out, take the Christianity part of that out of the of the equation for a moment. Like do unto others. I mean, 
I haven't seen President Trump, and especially in that prayer breakfast, do unto others as he would like to have done unto him. I mean, unless he would like to continue to be attacked and belittled and, um, you know, cut down and bullied. So if he's if his gold if he has the golden rule in place then i mean all bets are off and you know you can't fault anyone for attacking him because that's all he seems to be doing in his speeches um and in his actions to be honest i mean he's belittled and marginalized women i mean you know he when he says there's nice people on both sides of um a a nazi a pro nazi rally like a, you know come at me with, you know, how it's good to have a Nazi perspective um, and basically thereby endorse the Holocaust. And, um, you know, if you're a Holocaust denier, which I can't imagine you're a sane person and be that, you know, and, and to deny it, come at me, bro, because that's something that like, that's irrefutable evidence and, and blasphemic, if you ask my opinion also. So I was just really disappointed at a prayer breakfast to hear someone stumping for office, attacking people, um, twisting and perverting um, their religion or belief systems to say that they they don't have a right to, to act the way they did and they can't really be truly uh, religious and have a relationship with God if they basically disagree with President Trump. So um, I find that very hard to stomach and it was very disappointing and it's so hard not to turn the channel, but I wanted to watch so I could stay informed and I'm trying to stay in it to make sure I'm not just, you know, popping off at you just based on a meme I saw or a headline. Like I'm trying to do the research, um, even though it turns my stomach, um, to be honest. Uh, and then, of course, the address from the White House. Um, you know, again, I, I was just blown away by <clears throat> the misinformation and disinformation. Um, and again, you can look at it, you can call it the liberal media, but, um, you know, legitimate media sources, including the Associated Press, which is, you know, and all media, I think, should be nonpartisan. Unfortunately, in this world, I think we're moving away from that. But I think you're looking at legit media outlets, you know, doing some fact checking. And that's not attacking President Trump. I think we should always demand the truth from our leaders. And I, I want to demand the truth from my people. I mean, if my kid's lying to me, I have a right to fact check it and address it. If my um, client, if my spouse, um, if my family member, if my insurance company, if my school principal, if my state representative, I mean, if someone is lying to me, I have a right to fact check it and call that to someone's attention. And I think I'm also seeing a real disinterest or maybe it's cognitive dissonance by people that support President Trump to even believe truth anymore. And to me, um, I don't understand people that will look the other way in the face of lies just because they like what someone's doing for them as far as maybe their bottom line. So I understand that with President Trump's you know, policies, and certainly we have to always remember that um, nothing happens in a vacuum or a crucible and that what a previous president has done sets the stage for continued growth, right? So again, I, I, I think it's so interesting that people are, you know, giving President Trump all the credit for economic growth when that trend started under Obama. And you look at the job creation under Obama, it was 227,000 jobs per month. Um, president Trump, I think, has 191,000 jobs created per month. And again, yay, love job creation. But let's look at the facts. So again, He's done some positive things or maybe inherited some positive trends, right? 
But I think if if you're thinking about President Trump and you like his policies <clears throat> based on what you think are creating better trade agreements, which, you know, I think that is up for argument if they are better. I think we have worse foreign relations than we have in a long time. And if you think that translates to better trade agreements because we're being tough, I mean, I'll listen, but I don't think it's valid. Um, I also think that if you're happy with where you are economically, and I am too, so you know, it does feel good, right? I mean, lower taxes sounds great. I get it. Like, I don't want, I hate writing a, a check every year for taxes that could buy me a luxury car. That's not fun, super painful. I'm in a bad mood that week. But I think we have to look at, you know, the price we pay to be living in this amazing country of ours, in this state of ours. I mean, there is a price to pay. We don't get a free ride. We have to contribute. Do I want lower taxes? Yes. But I also want our country to stay strong. I also want my roads to be in good shape. I also want a good quality of life. I also want people that are less fortunate than me to have public services. So that's what gets me through that check writing moment, right? But if you're thinking, okay, I really like President Trump's, you know, foreign policy. Um, I like, you know, him being tough and standing up and getting us better trade agreements again. I think we should fact check that. But let's just say that's how you feel. Um, you like his economic policies. You're you're willing to grant him all the credit for the growth we've had, right? Again, not looking at any history, but just taking it out of context and giving him all the credit. Okay. So if you're happy with that, does that make it okay, in your opinion, for him to behave in the way that he's behaving? So are you like, you know what, because my bottom line feels good, and I'm making good cash, and my business is doing well, I am willing to look the other way at a president who, um, you know, sows seeds of hate, is disrespectful to women and other people, um, stands at a podium at a prayer breakfast and denigrates other people for their relationship with God, um, for, you know, for the mere fact that they disagree with them. So you're telling me that, you know, because you're making money or you're comfortable in your home or you you love the, his tough stance, that it's okay for him to act in these other ways. Um, I find that very hard to believe. And for the people I know who I believe are Trump supporters, or at least I think who I think are looking the other way, um, I just have a hard time reconciling that, um, that you would accept that kind of behavior, because that really frightens me um, and makes me worried that you're part of my community. And I know that sounds really harsh, but I think of me um, as someone who reaches out to anybody regardless of their economic status their gender identity, their sexual sexual, you know, identity or orientation, their race, their beliefs. Um, I'm not saying I'm colorblind or blind to any of these other things. I acknowledge that they, you know, that I probably have biases, of course. Um, but I try to overcome those and I try to be inclusive. And I feel like if you are in any way, shape, or form okay or can justify a way. President Trump's behavior that is so negative and hateful and hurtful to people, um, then possibly I don't want to hang out with you. And I know that's super harsh. And it's not even political, actually. Like I'm taking out, I grew up as a Republican and I'm probably fiscally conservative, to be honest. I'm probably a centrist. I mean, give me a centrist, you know, maybe I'm libertarian. I mean, so I'm taking party politics out of it and just telling you that like, he is not the kind of person that I would ever let near my kids or family because of how hateful and hurtful and closed-minded and narcissistic and just super toxic he is. And if you're willing to 
say yeah, but with him, or God forbid, in my opinion, that you embrace his views, then you're probably not my cup of tea. I'm not yours. Um, And that's okay. Takes different people to make the world go around. But I will say, I would be kind of bummed to have you in my orbit on any deep level if you abide by and or endorse his behavior, because I don't want that kind of behavior around me. Life's too short. I have had loss. You've had loss, I'm sure. But I'm like, you know what? I'm playing the long game here, and I just want positive, loving, accepting, inclusive people and people that aren't down. You know, you can probably lose my number and stop listening to my podcast. And that's how I really feel because I don't have time for that. Um, I'm playing on a higher plane. I'm coming at things with love and kindness. I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm willing to out myself when I'm not. I'm willing to call myself on my behavior. And I certainly wouldn't do anything hurtful um, to other people, call people names, bully people. Um, I just find it completely unacceptable. So again, I'm not stumping for Democrats. I'm not, I mean, if there were a Republican that would run, I mean, Mitt Romney, if he were to run against Trump right now, I'd consider voting for him. Um, We have a lot of differences, me and Mitt, you know, but it's like, give me someone who stands up for what's right. And um, I just don't believe you can defend in a way that's meaningful or true President Trump's behavior to me. And that's where I'm at. So um, gloves are off. Again, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm sure I don't wish him ill. I don't wish Melania ill or any of the kids. I don't think we should ever talk about Baron, um, his young boy, in a way that's mean. I mean, I don't think he should even be part of the public discourse because that's not fair to him. Um, Ivanka and Don Jr. and Eric, um, you know, and Jared Kushner, they've put themselves out there, right? So, I mean, again, I don't like to bully or um, sling arrows at people. So, but I'm just telling you what I think is the truth. And President Trump, um, you know, we all grow up with with things. I don't know what his life was like growing up. He's obviously got to come from. I always tell my kids, people are acting out in pain and sadness, right? Anger is never the root emotion. It's always coming from sadness and pain, right? So I feel for him. He probably had some very traumatic experiences growing up. I don't know. Um, but I do believe that, you know, it makes me understand him if that's the case. But I do believe that we all have free will, And other, you know, listen, we can pray really hard on it. We can like read the Bible and see how God and and Jesus would want us to behave. You know, we can look to other mentors, um, not as gods, but as guides, right? We can have our family raise us a certain way. So he doesn't have to stay in the pain and anger, President Trump or anyone like him. He can choose to elevate himself and heal. It's not easy. I'm not saying you can, you know, snap your fingers and make it happen. But I am saying that it's possible. And I just, you know, we don't have to be victims to our circumstance and our our childhood. So I, you know, I pray for our country. I pray for him. I send all good energy. Um, I hope things will get better. But I had to share with you how I felt. And again, you can tune out. I get it. I understand it. Um, but I don't have room in my life for for that kind of behavior or people that support it. I just feel like that's like telling me that if my child was being bullied at school, but the bully happened to be the star athlete <clears throat> and was like the star quarterback and it, we had to have him in there to win the game, right? But he's bullied my kid and hit him and, you know, yelled at him um, that you're going to say, you know what? It's okay, Carrie. Like you got to just suck up because he's actually a great football player. So shut up and put up. And you know what? No, 
I won't. So that is that. Um, <clears throat> I also want to talk about um, J-Lo on a lighter note. J-Lo and um, Shakira, who I think are just amazing talents and gorgeous women. Oh, my goodness. Like, whoa. Um, there's a, so much beauty, so much talent. Um, the halftime show was very um, controversial. And I think that's really interesting. So I watched it. I wasn't like really like had my eyes glued to it. I was kind of reading the paper while watching. Um, But I heard the music and I saw some of the dancing and I saw the pole moment, but I didn't really focus on it. I didn't like see if she was gyrating on it. I saw her doing some what I thought was impossible upper body work on it. Um, I couldn't do that. But so I saw some of it. So, I, you know, and again, I've seen some playback, but it was just interesting to me that it was so controversial. And I understand like a. I mean, if I had a young kid, which I don't currently right now, how would I have felt about that performance? I might have had pause if, if I felt it was too sexy or they're like, mommy, you know, what's that woman doing with her, you know, rear end or something? I mean, you know, I would have to address that. I would say dancing. Um, so I understand people that felt like maybe it was, you know, for, for certain audiences, maybe a little racy or risque. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give them that for sure. Um, but I do think, you know, it's so interesting in our society. I, I think all these kids see the, so much other sexualization and I'm not saying that's positive, but I just didn't think what was on the screen was out of the norm for what's currently out there in our society, especially with social media. And again, this goes to the argument, right, with Trump, like just because it's been normalized, this behavior, does that make it okay? So I don't think that's a solid argument. So I would say that, yes, it probably was too risque for a an audience of a broad um, age group and range of ages and and maturity. So I get that part for sure. Um, I think so. I want to acknowledge that that part of it. I think the part of it that kind of hit home with me because again we all see it through our own filter is like this is you know being. I think Shakira is still in her 40s. So I should have fact checked that. Sorry, but um, J Lo I think is in her 50s or 50. And wow, incredibly looking um, for that age. So um, I just thought for me, the thing I took away with it because it's where I'm at in my head is like, oh my gosh, is that the expectation now for a woman of 50? And like, um, there was a meme with um, the Golden Girls and like J-Lo and like, you know, the 50 then and 50 now. And I'm like, wow. I mean, that's like, and again, I thought everybody in that meme, and I forget the gal's character name from, um, from Golden Girls, but I mean, they both looked great, but I'm just like, it's very different. I mean, JLo is very youthful. Her body looks super tight. I don't see any wrinkles on her face. And I know that there's probably been assistance there, you know, uh, or good, you know, I know she works hard too, believe me. I mean, you can't, you can't look like that without really dedicating yourself to a certain nutritional plan and, and uh, movement, you know, exercise and training. So I mean, you know, and same with Shakira. So um, but I think I took it and it was like, oh my gosh, is that what 50 is supposed to look like? And part of me has been fighting with this thing. And it was funny because Murphy and I, before the show, were talking about, do you limit yourself now that you're over 50 with what you should be doing, right? Like Blanche. Oh, it's or Blanche. Okay, thank Rue, you. So Rue McClanahan or something. Oh yeah, Rue McClanahan. So thank you, Murphy. So the Golden Blanche Girls. Okay, so thank you, Murphy. This is like amazing. So the fact check is on the meme. Um, I like we're fact checking memes, but I feel really good about it because it seems less less polarizing. So it's Blanche from the show. Rue McClanahan is the name of the actress. Verse, not versus, but you know, side by side with J Lo. Yeah, there we go. 
And I mean, she looks great. It's just like, you know, 80s shoulder pads and it's different. But um, so to me, I'm like, wow, is this an expectation now? And again, talking to Murphy before the show, it was like we were talking about like, should we modify, change our behaviors, right? Change what we do um, based on our age. Like, for example, you know, when my husband recently was working out and blew out his shoulder from doing like an aggressive kind of weightlifting type situation, shoulder press, blah, blah, um, you know, should he have not even tried that because he's 54 or whatever, you know, and and Murphy was talking about something that he was doing on a, a trick skateboard today, you know, went awry. So it's like, I was saying to Murphy, like, we have to acknowledge our age and like our physical, you know, potential differences in our physical bodies compared to when we're in our teens and 20s, obviously. But I don't I think we should still think young and youthfully. And with that kind of bravado, I mean, within reason, that's like, you know, what? I'll give it a try still. I'm not going to say no to something because I'm 50, 52, 54, whatever. Um, and so it's funny because I think I've been super resistant. And you know about the diet culture, you know, ad nauseum that I preach, the anti-diet culture. But I think it all stems from being like a kid, being told I was overweight, uh, being told that and actually put on diets when I was a minor. So and like they were enforced by parents who controlled the food. So I felt like it was very much like thrust upon me without a choice. And again, I know they were looking out for my health or, you know, preventing me from being bullied. And, and I understand all those come from right as a parent. But I feel like I still rebel against that. I still don't want people to tell me what to do. Like I don't want to be told to diet. I don't want to be told that I'm overweight. I don't want to be told that I'd be hotter if I were 40 pounds lighter, 20, 30, whatever it is. Um, I really rail against it. Um, and I think that's why I'm self-employed too. I don't want to be told what to do, like even there, right? So I might have authority figure problems, um, which, you know, again, I try to work on, but it's like, that's one of my, you know, Achilles heels that I have to, you know, keep vigilant about. <clears throat> but when I looked at this JLo Shakira thing, I'm like, well, shit, like, I understand the com the level of commitment um, that they have had to do to pursue these bodies, to have these bodies. And I like honor that because I just know I'm not willing to do it. And so I had to kind of reframe and say, you know what, if that's 50 now, like that's awesome that it's possible to do that at 50, that it's achievable, that people are accepting of like, you know, this kind of more eternal youth piece and that we don't have to quote unquote, dress appropriately or whatever the society says we have to. And again, I'm not saying that if you're in an environment with young children watching or there that you should necessarily be dancing on a pole or doing sexy gyrations. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we're allowed to dress younger if we want. Like I don't have to wear like um, stuff, you know, from um, like quote unquote, an old lady look. Like I don't have to wear a journal skirt and a weird sweater. You know, I can wear joggers and Lulu lemon pieces, or, you know, I can wear a shorter skirt if I want. So I like that freedom and that freedom for men too. They don't have to go off into the, you know, great beyond with some wide wheel corduroys and, you know, penny loafers and call it a day. So I like the freedom of it. Um, and I think I have to come to terms with the fact that like, um, if I'm hating on these women, um, not because of the sexuality in the young kid audience piece, but like because I don't look like them and I'm like mad at them for creating a new like um, unachievable, you know, or hard to achieve body. I, that's their that's their choice. Right. And I can't fault people for choosing to, to go that route, too. Like if that's what makes them feel good, um, if they, you know, want to pursue it. Um, and if they've got the the amazing amount of discipline and and all that to pursue it, like 
Who am I to say? I need to be happy in my space. So if I'm feeling really good about my body, which I don't always believe me. I mean, I'm like, I'm constantly in front of the mirror, like, you know, pulling out my different parts going, wow, that's, that's a lot, you know, so I've, I still have work to do. And I do it every day, right? So I have to be whole with my figure, how I present in the world and how I'm feeling. So I guess my first reaction, like I said, taking out the sexuality piece and in, in the ch- children's audience was like, Oh, shit, now do I have to do this? Like, is this an expectation? And I think, um, we only we're responsible for placing whatever expectations we are on ourselves that we have. So I'm like, okay, that's something I can choose to do. I'm not wrong for not choosing it. I wouldn't be wrong for chasing it. Right. As long as I'm not, um, denying my body nutrition, you know, um, as long as I'm not like hurting myself by overworking out overexertion or taking diet pills, you know, like as long as I'm respecting my body and giving it what it needs, I can choose to pursue that something akin to that, something in a different part of the spectrum or not at all. So um, that was just interesting. I think I was the only person that took it that way. And probably because I'm so in the headspace of um, diet culture and how I'm feeling about my body and still working through that. Um, But I will say like last night, going to bed, I'm not going to like take you into my bed for, you know, inappropriate um, commentary. But so spooning, I know, Murphy's like, go there. Um, But spooning with my husband he put his arm around me, my stomach is not flat, especially when I'm trying to go to bed. Like there's only so much I I haven't figured out how to suck in my stomach when I'm sleeping. If anyone has tips, you know, feel free to pass that along. Um, But he put his arm around me, it was around my stomach, and I didn't suck it in. I'm like, you know what, he knows it's there. It's not a secret. He's not grossed out. We're fine. It's just my stomach, it's some skin, kids were there. Now there's some fat there and some skin. Um, And he was fine. I'm fine. I went to sleep. And it was good, right? I think in the past, it would have been, oh, my God, he felt that. Oh, shit, I got to suck it in. I hope he falls asleep soon so I can let my stomach go. What if he wakes up? You know, I can't do that part anymore. So I felt like, you know, I'm just going to keep learning how to embrace my body. I keep kind of working through the fact that when I show up to events, or I'm at gatherings with friends or stuff, like I'm the biggest gal in the room, if you know, and that's okay. Like everyone seems to love me just as much. Like that's what I've noticed. I mean, and if you don't let me know, because I need to figure that out. But I feel like everyone is really on board with however I want to show up. As long as I'm showing up like soulfully, wholeheartedly with love and kindness, treating people with respect. Everyone seems down to like see Carrie in a size 14 or 16, just as they were to see Carrie in a size four to eight, you know? And so that's kind of really interesting. And it seems like common sense, but I think a lot of us are just so tuned into like valuing ourselves for whatever our bodies or appearances. And I found that it actually doesn't really matter. Um, I don't think I'm obese or like hurting my body and I, you know, work out a lot and I eat right for the most part, except for like sucking down about six mini Snickers yesterday during a conference call that I found incredibly stressful. Um, But, you know, it's like, I think I'm just going to keep trying to keep going and I'll keep you posted, as you know, unfortunately for you, because I like to talk about it. Um, And I also feel like it's safer to kind of call myself out on it. So when you see me on the street, you don't have to go, oh, I wouldn't have recognized you because you're up to speed. You know, I'm going to show up bigger and hopefully better. Um, What else was I going to talk to you about? I think that was really it today. Honestly, I've I've gone on and on. Um, Upcoming episodes I want to let you know about are going to be, um, as promised, my friend Sarah Tobin and I. Again, not holding ourselves up as as um, ecosystem or recycling or um, 
you know, climate change experts, but we're going to talk about some easy ways um, that you can do your part. And every little bit counts, no matter what anyone tells you um, for our earth and its health. And um, she actually went, I wasn't able to go at a conflict, but she went to the city of Newport Beach to talk to the gentleman who heads up probably a bunch of different programs, but he's also in charge of the recycling program and waste management. And so she learned a lot of great tips that we need to share with you about how you're recycling and the best way to recycle and what's not working. So that'll be coming up within the next month, um, as well as um, another episode on, you know, kind of the psychotherapy front, talking about self-love and also talking about um, second and third chapters in life and how you're never... Um, too far down a path with your career, or you're never at an age where you can't make it a change to come more in alignment with yourself and your passions, which again is part of self-love. So look forward to that. And of course, you'll always have me um, popping off on various and sundry topics. Um, thank you for being open to listening today. And if you weren't open to listening and you're not no longer listening, I don't have to address you, but just in the, the gestalt, you know, holistic thing. Um, thanks for giving it a try. And thanks for being here for what you were here for. And when you're not here, you know, love and respect to you too. So love to everybody, light coming your way, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.